Hey, this morning I want to uh, continue teaching into this series that we've been doing since Easter called All Things New. And that's not just some little catchphrase that we've decided to come up with. That's actually the words of Jesus, the risen Jesus. And it's the words that uh, John the Revelator saw and heard when John was on the island of Patmos and he was having this supernatural encounter with God. And it was like the, 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 the very thin veil between heaven and earth was kind of removed and John was having this encounter with Jesus. And uh, in Revelations, one of the things that John wrote down in, in Revelations 21 is he said he could see and hear Jesus make this statement, Behold, I'm making everything new. And then he said to John, Write that down because it's trustworthy and true. And it's just wonderful to think that, you know, we are in a relationship with Jesus who is making everything new. And it's not like we have to wait to the day we die to experience the new life of the kingdom of God. But in the fullness of Jesus, we get to experience the promise of our future in the here and the now. It's quite an amazing reality. And, uh, and that's where we see the kingdom come, break in with healing, with power, with words of like love and encouragement and deliverance and power and hope for people's lives as Jesus is making all things new. And last weekend, we spent some time talking about how God's love uh, is always at work around us. In John chapter 5, we looked at that reality that Jesus says, you know, my father, he's always at work. And how sometimes we've, particularly in this uh, day and age, we miss the significant because we're looking for the spectacular. But if we'd only have the eyes to see the significant, it leads into the spectacular. But often we, don't, we expect the finished product before we see the starting point <laughs> of invitation to journey with Jesus into all that he's doing with people's lives. Like, you know... Um, Deb bought there's just that beautiful word there for, for Caitlin and the Price Davies family, you know, it was just a beautiful word. And 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 that you know, Deb when she heard that from the Lord, I'm I'm assuming here on your behalf, but I'm probably leaning into the right space, um, that she would have gone, Oh, that's okay, that's good. Not sure where that'll lead, but there was something significant enough about the whisper of God to her that she followed God into that that it opened up a new spectacular reality of God's love for a person and a family. This is the nature of how Jesus makes all things new. And the other thing is, he, he's looking for his people to do it with. <laughs> he's, not, he's not like sprinkle dusting. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I'll just throw a few magic spots over here and a bit of sprinkly dust over there and it'll land on people. He's actually doing it through his people as his people partner with the Father heart of God. That's why he said, you know, when Jesus was actually ascending to be with the Father after he died, resurrected, ran around on the earth for about 40 days teaching on the kingdom of God and then said, i got to go so the Father can send the Spirit. And on his way out the door into the fullness of the Father's presence, he's a couple, you know, the disciples are standing there going, watching him sort of, go off into this realm of the king and then there's these 
angelic realities that come around them and say, what are you guys staring at? You've been sent. Go. Go and take what Jesus has commissioned you to do. Partner with the heart of the Father to make all things new. I, you guys, we are a people of incredible purpose. You know, this morning during worship, one of the things that I was struck with during worship was the fact that, you know, when God made us in his image, he gave us two roles, two functions. One was to represent into the earth the testimony of who God is. And the other part of that coin, the other side of that coin, the other part of that work is to take all of the worship of all of creation and reflect it back to the Father. So this morning when we were worshipping, I had this huge expanded sense that it wasn't just me standing here worshipping Jesus and it wasn't just me with you standing here worshipping Jesus and it wasn't just me with you and every other local church in our region singing out to Jesus and it wasn't just me and it wasn't just you and it wasn't just our church and it wasn't just every other local church it was every tribe and nation across the planet and even creation itself was lining up with us to bring back to God worship that's what's going on when you sing to Jesus even in the solitude of your own bedroom even in the solitude of your own bedroom you think it's a a solo activity uh, uh. <laughs> it's an intimate activity, absolutely. It's very personal and powerful and intimate, but it is incredibly cosmic and powerful and huge beyond compare. And we get sucked up into the power of that. It's staggering. Our mo- no wonder the writers of the Gospels and the Scriptures say, this is something that our minds, it's so big we can't, we can't comprehend this thing. And yet somehow we get caught up in the fullness of it. It's amazing how Jesus is making all things new. Um, this morning, just as we were worshipping, I had, I had two things. One was I felt like God said, you know what, Kirk? Tell people their sin is forgiven. You know, the hope of God in Jesus is that sin and shame and death and hopelessness is forgiven. So I just want to say to every single one of us, who are struggling today with sin and shame and hopelessness and all forms of just like death and depression, I just want to say to you, in the name of the one who lived and died and rose again on the third day and is still alive as his ambassador, I just want to say to you, your sin, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. Just be free. Be free now in the love and the kindness of God. I just wanted to, I felt like the Lord said, you need to proclaim that to people and pronounce it into people's lives today. Your sin is forgiven. Leave that one and now you can move. Isn't that good news? Just the weight of all that junk is off and now we're free to walk again. Praise God for that. Last weekend when we were together, well, the other thing is I'll pick it, pick it up in a minute but I'll give you a little bit of forewarning whoever's got the left hamstring problem Jesus is going to heal it we'll come back to that Um, last weekend when we were together we were talking about how God's kingdom comes with waves of presence and power and the father heart of God is always at work in the earth and Jesus invites us to partner with him and we're learning how when Jesus said "I, I only do what I see my father doing What he was literally saying is, with 
my naked eye. I'm not having to pretend or make up or wish things were happening, but with my naked eye, and this is Jesus the human being, okay? Not, he's not using his God powers. He's Jesus the human being filled with the Holy Spirit. I know it's mysterious. He's both fully God and fully man. It's a tough one to get their head around, but that's the biblical witness, and that's the truth of our confession. Jesus, with his human eye, was able to see what God was doing and he was able to put his hand to what he saw God doing. And this is one of the beautiful things about our culture here at the Vineyard is over the years we have trained and continue to train people, pray with people, but pray with your eyes open (laughs) so you can actually learn to see the effects of what God is doing as you're partnering with God in ministering to people. Now, when we say we see the Holy Spirit moving or touching or resting on people's lives, we actually, we say we see the Holy Spirit, we see God moving, but we actually don't see God. We actually see the effects of God. It's like, you know, it's like if I turn this fan on down the back here and I stood in front of it, it would blow what little bit of hair I've got left around a bit. Now, you wouldn't see the wind, but you'll see the effects of the wind. That's what we mean when we say we see God moving. When we're praying with people, when we're talking with people in the street, why the Lord interrupts our day with his love for another and it causes us to turn turn ourselves around into what the Father is doing in someone else's life. It's the effects of the presence and the power of God that we mean when Jesus said, I can see my Father's at work. My Father's always at work. I have to work really hard not to see it, in fact. That's, that's my, my take on it. But anyway, we are talking about that last week, about seeing God, and how um, in a lot of life and circumstance, we like to tell God how we think God should be moving in circumstance and life. It's like, I didn't sign up for this, God, what I'm living in right now, and I think you should do this. So here's my best merit, so I'm going to behave. So you should pay attention to that and get on board with my behavior and change my circumstance. That's not the way the kingdom works. I'm sorry, folks. If you want that, you can go somewhere else that's going to give you a good diet of religion. That's just not the case. You've been invited into a relationship with a living God who's alive and dynamic and active and filling all of the earth with his love and power, and he's inviting you to ride on the waves of what he's already doing. And we talked about that last week. So what that means is we look for what God's doing. We posture our lives to partner with what God's doing. We don't wrestle with God and say, now that I'm with you, you're, you're quite fortunate, God, that I've turned up. Now that I'm with you, you should do it this way. No, you can't tell the waves what to do. <laughs> if you do that, what, what happens? The wave, the wave will just take its course <laughs> and run right over you. <laughs> the better thing to do is to agree with the waves agree with what God's doing and now that'll lead you into places of incredible adventure and it'll lead you into places of incredible vulnerability at the same time because the biggest prayer I remember when I was learning to surf on this thing many years ago (laughs) 
one of the biggest things was like when as soon as you finally got the 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 weight and the momentum of the wave starting to pick you up and carry you and move you on there's this sense of exhilaration and at the same time this sense of oh god i hope this goes well <laughs> in the learning stages and then over time as you become familiar with how waves operate and how things move you become a lot more less anxious and more of like oh i know how this is going to play out i'm just going to partner with this and it's going to take me so this morning i want to continue on just a little bit about that and we talked about last weekend the simplicity we are a people we don't make things up for religious effect we don't do things for religious show we don't wear special outfits ties or speak special magic words to make things happen we don't do any of that if you feel like you want to wear a full-blown three-piece white suit to do the things of Jesus, that's fine. Do it. Just do it. Uh, but I'm not going to because it, that's not who I am. I'm a wonderful workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus to do the good works that he's already prepared in advance for me to do. I don't have to wear a particular type of suit or a shirt or a, say a particular thing or wear my hair a certain way. I just need to turn up and be me, just like you need to turn up and be you. You are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus. I love watching the way you guys do God stuff. It's amazing. You do it like I can't because it's you. And it's amazing. It's, it's fantastic and beautiful. Well, this morning we want to talk about reality. Uh, we value reality let me see if i can get my little clicker here work i do it every week i never turn it on <laughs> there we go we're on let's see how we go here there we go there we go here we go awesome we value reality we aim to walk in the holy spirit and see the supernatural works of god we also aim to function on a very natural plane based on god's leading in conjunction with excellent relational thinking these are some of the things that are core to who we are last october in adelaide when nicole and i and some of you were down here uh, down there with us for the national conference tour that we were taking around australia there was a moment during the ministry time where someone in the crowd said i think god wants to heal people with hearing issues and so the person that was up the front just said is there anybody here with hearing issues and three people put their hands up and they said why don't you come down over here and then someone else yelled out i think god wants to do something else and they came down over and did that but this these people with the hearing issues this uh the first gentleman that they prayed with it was like almost like instantaneously as soon as a few people just came around put their hands on him and asked for the deafness to leave and the hearing to come this guy's ear just like opened up he had like an industrial deafness and so the ear just was healed he could he could hear he couldn't believe it he was like i can i can hear i can hear and we're like oh that's yeah that's cool that's good and and then there was these two other people near them and so the team just said why don't you, why don't you just ask god to do in them what he just did in you and so he put his hands on these other two people or the next person in line and that person was like boom straight away they were like hang on i can hear all this deafness has gone and the third person boom 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 it just happened literally like popcorn it was like pop 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 and i was like that's staggering i was i was kind of a bit shocked by it 
But that's what the reality of the kingdom of God looks like as it supernaturally breaks in with its authority and power. This is the nature of reality. Now, we, we struggle with that. We struggle with that a lot. And that's because we tend to have a mindset like this, where we, we've been trained and we're, we think like this. And I used this illustration probably about 12, 18 months ago, where we tend to keep all the super spiritual God stuff, spiritual discipline stuff, all of that sort of ethical stuff. We think it's somewhere up there in the sky. We kind of separate it. We, and we use this word, heaven. <laughs> oh, it's all up there. And we have to somehow get everything that's up there somehow down here. <laughs> and that's what, that's what the kind of worldview that we look with all the time. And when you see God's supernatural kingdom and power through Jesus break in and heal three people's ears in the space of two minutes, pop, 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 that framework doesn't fit. That doesn't fit. And what we do is we tend to have this very sacred and secular life. We keep all of those things like spiritual, moral, sacred things, grace, faith, ethics, missional work, theology, you know, that's understanding of God, evangelism, discipleship, devotional, spiritual warfare, key word, Sundays. We kind of keep it all in the God court, which is way up there somewhere. And then down here, weekdays, Monday to Saturday, we, we have this physical reality that we live in, this secular reality where I go to work, I have to reason through things, I've got a business to run, politics, science, the economy, you name it. We somehow, social justice, we kind of keep this down here because this is what's tangible and we can work with it. But this picture is not the Bible. Yet, it's the picture most of us live with every day. We do life. Oh, God, I wish you would just. We appeal to the up there. And I thought that was a beautiful word that Neil brought right at the start of the worship this morning. But even before he strummed the guitar, he said, I'm going to pray this morning that God would give us a vision of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because what happens is... Done that, Jesus, he's gone and messed this up. He has gone because he, in Philippians 2, he's God. And he takes on flesh and he comes and dwells in the earth. And so how can God be at work in the earth? Well, this is what happens. Uh, let me, oh, hang on, I'll go back a few. There it is. Jesus breaches the, oh, hang on. There he is. <laughs> Jesus breaches that reality and turn, makes it a whole new picture. So in relationship with Jesus Christ, you are actually now entering a new story, a new life, where all of those things that are spiritual and all of those things that are rational and reasonable and physical, reasonable and physical, they actually all come together in the person of Jesus Christ. God takes on flesh and comes and dwells among us. The man, Jesus Christ, lives under the power of the goodness of God and tells a new story and then says, good news, everyone, come on in. Your, your sin is forgiven. So we've actually now, living in this 
this reality. There is no up there down here. Ephesians says it's all held together in the person of Jesus. So if you're in a relationship with Jesus, you're in the thick of all of that all of the time. The kingdom of God, Jesus says, is at hand. Not up there. Literally right there. Paul says in Ephesians, uh, uh, Paul says, as even Neil quoted this morning, Christ now is in you. It's here. He is here. He is ruling and reigning in, with, and through you, affecting all quarters of our life and our creation, our town, our families, our, our schools, our universities, our, our mums with their bubs. Jesus is right there with all of the fullness of the generosity of God. Now, now, if that's true, why do sometimes we see the supernatural break in and go pop, pop, pop and heal people's ears? And yet at the other time we pray and we pray and we pray and it is like a, this massive spiritual battle. It is like there's this resistance to this thing. There's this sense of push and pull and argumentation. Well, this is how it looks. Here's the next picture. So here we are living in creation. The Bible actually calls it this present evil age because it got hijacked by Satan. That's the biblical story, the biblical witness. Got hijacked, God's good creation got hijacked by Satan. And not because Satan was some, some super intelligent being, but because humanity forgot who humanity was and gave it away. <laughs> God said to humanity, you're the highest of my creation. And the, anim- the enemy comes along and says, God doesn't want you to have freedom here because he knows if you do, you'll be like him. And so, oh. And so the en- that pe- humanity gave away their authority to the enemy. And so then creation has fallen, it's broken, it's in, it's in disarray. And then the Jesus event happens. God, from all fullness of time, takes on flesh, boom, born of a virgin, comes, makes his dwelling among us. These are crazy concepts, aren't they? Born of a virgin? How does that happen? Impregnated by the Holy Spirit? Well, this is, you know, that spiritual stuff that you kind of want to keep up there? That's what it looks like when it supernaturally invades our world and creation. That is the reality. It is super natural it's not it's so if i was to put it on like a like a bandwidth the best way to describe it would be like we can with our natural eyes we can see the colors of the rainbow the spectrum of color and we tend to think that is reality and it is but what our eyes can't see is the infrared color spectrum What our eyes can't see is the ultraviolet spectrum. That it's all there, but our eyes just can't see it. It's the same with the kingdom of God. It's like it's all there, but we struggle to see it because we can only see so much. So the supernatural is all there, and it's reality. And we see the fullness of that reality in Jesus. 
Are we getting this? Good. So anyway, so we, here we are. We live between the times, between the time of the Jesus event and Jesus going and re- sitting beside the Father now and the end of the book where Jesus says, I'm coming again, where everything that I am making new will once and for all be made new. There will be no sin, there will be no death, there will be no sadness, there will be no grief. All the tears will be wiped away and all things will be restored to my great, good, created order as it once was. And that's going to happen there. That's at the end of the book. But between there and there, we live about here. You were born. I was born And we live between the times. We still live on this plane. And yet at the same time, we live with this reality, having invaded this reality. And so we see all these supernatural dynamics taking place. And sometimes we see great healings. And sometimes we're like, well, it should look like they should be healed. But for some reason, it hasn't happened yet. Now, the good news is that at the end of the end, it all happens for those who've placed their lives in the goodness of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We like here in the vineyard to keep it real. And so when we say we're keeping it real, we're saying we're going we're to keep it real with an understanding. We, we are interacting with what we can see. And the reality on either side of that, that's right there, that we find hard to see, and yet when we call on the king, we can see the effects of that supernatural reality in this space here, when we connect with Jesus. And sometimes, now that's not happening in isolation, as you know. That's happening in the context of great spiritual battle. But we like to keep it real. Um, I was just reminded, I was just looking at Ash over there, and uh, a number of years ago when Ash was in hospital with pneumonia in his lungs and Neil and I went and prayed for him right there in the hospital and it was like, boom, we laid hands on him, we prayed for him and literally the next morning he's released from hospital because the, the x-rays of his lungs went from his lungs are full of junk to, and, and his heart to clean. And the doctors are like, you're well, get out of here. And yet, so we see the kingdom, the supernatural power of the kingdom come. And yet, there's a young man who's a part of this church, and his name's Josh. And he's now 21 years of age. And from the, just, just prior to the moment that he was born, he was, he was starved of oxygen. And as a result of Josh having been starved of oxygen, he has got some really significant disabilities major disabilities every day literally for Josh is a battle to stay alive and he's been like that for 21 years now every over the sort of the winter period I get a phone call at least every two weeks from Josh's family saying, can you pray right now? Because right now he's in the ICU and it looks like they've called us again. This is the end of his life. And so we pray. And then we ask for the king to come. And the king seems to somehow empower Josh's body just enough to keep breathing. 
Now, is Josh fully healed? No, and I don't get that. Do I get frustrated in that space? Absolutely. Do I step into that space every other week on the phone with him and his family, worried and concerned? It's like, absolutely. Lord, I don't want to sell false hope, but I do want to minister in the supernatural reality. And I don't understand why you can heal one guy's lungs like that and then this other young man who for 21 years has struggled for every breath. I don't get that other than we're living in a place of great spiritual conflict. And, the, and I, we haven't come into the fullness of, uh, of, the, of, the, of the kingdom yet. It's like it's here, but it's like it's not yet. And so we call for the benefits of the kingdom to come. Invade this space. Please, God, come again, come again, come again. And that's why Jesus said when you pray, pray like that. Invite the kingdom to come. We do that. But we like to keep it real. We don't, we don't look at people's circumstances and go and turn a blind eye to it and go, well, I'll just pretend that that's not there. We can only work with what is. We can't wish it away. That's what I love about this place. I, I just love this place because we, God has fashioned us as a people. We want to deal with what's real about both the supernatural works of God and the condition of people's real lives because their lives matter to God. That's why he sent Jesus. You've all got those stories of where you've stepped in with God and prayed and the kingdom has come and you've got those moments where the kingdom hasn't come. And yet, in the midst of it, it's the spirit of the Lord who leads us into those places with the heart of the Father. We can't determine the outcome but we can partner with the one who is responsible for all things and holds all things together. We've learnt to keep it real. We like to tell it as it is. We like to be able to say, Has, have you been healed? Don't lie. Just tell us where you're at. Keep it real. Don't fluff it up with language and religion. Just keep it real. Are we healed or are we not? Is it better? Is it worse? Is there any improvement? We work with what is, not with what we wish. It's a big point. That's a big point. It's because so many of the people of Jesus are running around there working with what they wish would happen rather than actually getting their teeth into, with the power of the Spirit, what actually is. I thank God he's made us to be a people who are prepared to step into that harder place and not pretend, but to actually work with what is and partner with the king. What about for you? Where are you currently hungry to see the supernatural power of God and the reality of his kingdom come in your life? Do you have a work colleague whose marriage is falling apart? Have you got a friend in your street who's got a massive chronic health issue? Where are you hungry to see the Father's love at work bringing the reality of his kingdom? Is there spiritual oppression in your home? Where? Where is the hunger? Where will you turn? Because the king is at hand. 
we work with what is, we don't work with what we wish. We keep our eyes open. There's this great story, I won't read it to you this morning, in Luke chapter 19, where there's a guy called Zacchaeus. He's, he's, uh, he's one of the family of God. He's a son of Abraham, but he's working for the, the empire. He's sort of a middleman between the empire and his people, Israel. And dear old Zacchaeus' job is tax collection. We all love the tax man, don't we? That's about the most animated thing I've heard in the room all day. That's because we all grumble. It's tax time. <laughs> well, poor old Zacchaeus, he's on the front end of that grumbling from his own people while he's acting on behalf of the empire to collect the taxes so the people could live in peace. But in the process of time, dear old Zacchaeus forgot who he was. And he starts going, here's an opportunity for me to make a bit of extra money on the side, so I'll fleece a bit over here, I'll take some more from there. I'll... And he, he's actually known as a thief. That's why the people hated him. It's like, you, you, you are thieving us more than, than is appropriate. And Jesus goes and walks into town, and Zacchaeus can't see him because he's a short fella, so he climbs a tree, and Jesus comes up to him and says, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house for dinner today. And all of the... All the religious zealots of the day, they're all like, what is this Jesus doing? Don't they know? Doesn't he get it? That Zacchaeus guy is scum. He is unworthy, irreligious. He's a thief. He is a sinner. And Jesus, but Jesus goes, that's my kind of guy. I want to have lunch with you. So he goes to his house and he has lunch with him. And the impact of Jesus, the presence of Jesus, who takes all of the ethics of all of the spiritual realities of God and all of the reality of Zacchaeus's life, and Jesus brings it all together. And the impact of Jesus having lunch with Zacchaeus is this. Zacchaeus gets up and he says, here and now, not tomorrow and when. <laughs> tomorrow and whenever. You ever make those promises? Oh, yeah, I will tomorrow whenever. No, no, no. Zacchaeus meets Jesus and the response is here and now. And he says, here and now, I will give back four times the amount of the, of the resources and the, and the funds that I have pilfered from the people. I will give that back to you four times over. What happened at the lunch table for a man to turn his heart, to turn his mind, and to turn his relationships? Well, he met with Jesus. Because Jesus takes everything that we think is up there and he brings it into line with everything that we think is meant for just down here. And so Zacchaeus says, not only that, not only am I going to make restitution for everyone I've stolen from four times over, I am also going to liquidate assets here for the sake of the poor. He becomes a man of social justice. What the heck? It's the Jesus effect. This is the kingdom, the supernatural inbreaking of the love of God in a man's life that turns his whole life inside out and he becomes so full of the life of Christ that he now wants to live in the fullness of the goodness of God. 
And that looks like someone who wants to be in right relationship with God, be in right relationship with people, and take on the heart of God for those who are more in circumstances of poverty and injustice. It's like, this is, this is what happens. Zacchaeus was a guy. Jesus just had Zacchaeus to work with. Jesus had the, the, the raw reality, the nuts and bolts of his life to work with. Jesus didn't wish he was someone else, but he did remind him. I do like this bit. He did remind him. He said, hey, Zacchaeus, you're a son of Abraham. He reminded of him his, of his, his, his actual historical birthplace and identity. And so by saying that, Jesus took him way back into the beginning story of God's people in Israel. And he's saying, God has made a promise that every person in the earth will be blessed through my people and ultimately through my son. And he's connecting the dots for Zacchaeus. He's saying, I'm the son and you're a son of the promise, Zacchaeus. Start living as a man who lives in promise. And his whole life just gets turned around. Jesus is so supernatural, and yet he works with the natural realities of our lives. Just the other day in the Mercy Centre, it was such a beautiful story. For the last few weeks, there's been a family who've been struggling to find accommodation, and the guys in the Mercy Centre have been praying and working and calling out to the Lord, and, and at the same time, just giving them what they can with terms of food and clothing and offering driveways for these people to park their car in and sleep because they sleep in their car. And it's just like on and on and on it goes. And, and then they worked with some of the other natural um, um, resources that are available in our community to be able to help people in their circumstance. They partnered with God. They partnered with the reality of this person's life and they prayed for the kingdom to come and they got news just yesterday that these, this couple have now been given a home and they now have a roof over their head and a bed to sleep in. They didn't just kind of, well, we wish you well. No, they kept it real. They stepped with Jesus into this very awkward space of, oh God, how are we even going to do this? And the kingdom I love that about our God, don't you? Have you ever been too nervous to follow God, follow his love into a circumstance because you're unsure of how it might unfold? There's plenty of people in the Bible that have done that. There's plenty of people in this room that have done that. I live in that space every day, acknowledging my anxiety. God, I need you, but help me with my unbelief. Can I encourage you? Be real with God. Be real. Please don't be religious. Just be real. Bring your concerns. Bring your anxieties. When he puts these people in your life and he says, come on, follow me. There's an assignment here and that I want you to bring my kingdom and love to their life. And, and our first reaction is, <laughs> bring that to the Lord. He can work with that. If you don't bring that to the Lord, he can't work with it. Bring your anxieties. Bring your concerns. We love how God shapes people's lives with his supernatural power, their hearts, their minds, their relationships. We saw in the story of Zacchaeus how God brought real transformation to a man's life. And through that one man, get this, 
through that one man, then a region came into the generosity of that one man's transformation. You've been created, I've been created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And someone said to me yesterday, they said, how amazing is that? We get to fulfill the heart and the dreams of God in our very world with the things that he's prepared in advance for us to do. We, we get to partner with God in fulfilling his kingdom dreams. We value the reality of the kingdom and seeing people's hearts and minds and relationships transformed. What about for you and for me? Where is the supernatural reality of God's love breaking into your heart today? Today. Like there's this stuff that you can see, but there's also this stuff that's for some of us in our mind right now and in our heart. It's like, I don't know what's happening in there, but it feels really weird. It's like something's going on. That's something is the king bringing his kingdom to you, his love to you, his reality to you. What about in your mind? All those thoughts that you've built up in your thinking as to how you understand who God is. What about all those thinkings that you've built up in your mind as to how you understand yourself? And why you find it hard to actually love yourself like God loves you? What about all those frameworks of thinking where you find it hard to actually love and appreciate and celebrate the life of others around you? Where is God right now in this moment wanting to bring the transforming reality of Jesus to your thinking? And then ultimately into your relationships. What if for those of you here that are married, where is the king bringing the reality of his love to your marriage? For those of you who are seeking to do this parenting thing well, where is the reality of the king bringing his kingdom to you and the transforming reality of his love for you as you're trying to parent and care and and, and, and empower your children. And what about for your relationships with your boss? What about your relationship with your money? Oh my gosh, we're so obsessed with that stuff. What about your relationship with your money? What about your relationship with yourself? Have you forgotten who you are, even as Zacchaeus forgot who he was? And yet Jesus is stopping by your tree today. He's stopping by your life and mine. And he's saying, guess what? Today's your day. We're having lunch. I'm bringing my kingdom to you. Today's your day. And you might be sitting up the tree like, why me? Why not them? (laughs) I don't know. Because he loves you. Because he wants you to come into more of the goodness of his kingdom. And the reality of his love. Your identity. Remember for each of you who have said yes to Jesus. And for those of you who are on the cusp even right now in this moment. On the cusp of giving yourself over to this reality of Jesus. Who's actually coming alive to you even as I'm speaking. You are the children of the living God. Because so great 
is the love of the Father that he has lavished upon us in the person of Jesus. And he's just waking us up to that truth and inviting us to live in the power of it. The real you in Jesus, open-eyed, working with reality, partnering with the love of the Father to see the kingdom come. It's supernatural, yes, and it's real, yes. And we love to keep things real.